One thing I know, my girl ain't no hobbit. She might be stumpy, that don't mean she a hobbit. She's not a hobbit, cause she couldn't be. She got no bagginses in her family tree. Yes, on occasion she hangs out with her dwarf friends, but she never went on no quest with her dwarf friends. Except for one time she went to kill that dragon. She took its gold and she... Hang on a minute, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Remember when you went off to kill that dragon with them dwarves? Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I'm Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah, we are we are way too enthusiastic for what we're about to do. But, <laughs> as you should all know by now, we are a podcast who drinks and talks about movies. Now, tonight, we, uh, we're we officially out of the pit. We've been out of the pit for a week now. And we're in a much darker place. We are so much worse off <laughs> than we were. Um we have decided pretty stupidly i would say i would think to um to dedicate april to being unnecessary trilogies month so we have done great trilogies we have done bad trilogies lesser lesser, lesser trilogies yeah not not incredible trilogies but trilogies that better we, trilogies than this month better trilogies than this and now we're essentially doing the terrible garbage that essentially a couple of these weeks, we'll have one movie that's fine, and then the rest are just complete garbage. And we decided to start off with a trilogy that I think we threatened when we talked about the the quote-unquote good trilogy. Mike and I are very divided on which way that, that trilogy falls. The original it's an trilogy, excellent trilogy. The, right. the, the court of public opinion rules in my favor. Right, you fucking nerds out there. You think that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is amazing. And good for you, fine, whatever. I'll give it to you compared to this garbage, which is the Hobbit trilogy. And, oh, God. <laughs> now, before we get into the Hobbit trilogy, I want to talk about something that happened recently that is, in my opinion, the actor equivalent of the Hobbit trilogy, Jared Leto. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they both receive equal amounts of my hatred. Oh, I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> Jared Leto won the fucking Razzie for the worst actor. Which movie? For Morbius? Morbius. Nice. Good for him. <laughs> Fuck you, Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, right. Good for him. And he's not even one of the ones that, like, I mean, the Razzies are stupid to begin with, but he's not even one of the ones that would be, like, a good sport about it. You know, he's, he'd be. Yeah. He, he just doesn't know because it's like the craft and the art and fuck off. You drink his alcoholic kombucha if he even makes that. Right. 30 Seconds to Mars is the band, not a fact. <laughs> just good old Connor for real. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, the... Uh, before we get into The Hobbit, we might as well start with what we're drinking because we're going to be drinking tonight. <laughs> so Mike, what do you got? All right, so Ross is the one who uh, who suggested this week. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be having a beer from his nemesis, Ross Brewing. Oh, those bastards! Um, in collaboration with Almost Home Brewing and sponsored by Pier Thirteen Hoboken. Okay, it's Beer Thirteen. Of course, <laughs> it is a blueberry wheat ale, fruity, crisp, and funky. Nice, nice. And it is right about at like the five, 5.1%. Yeah, that sounds about Now, right. I also found these blueberry white chocolate Lindor truffles. So 
I'm going to do a chocolate beer pairing. Oh, okay. So we're doing a little pairing. Get a little fancy. Yeah, I'm going to unfairly judge this beer on how it's paired with chocolate. There you go. Yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have a board of sweaty meats and cheeses. We have beer and chocolate. <laughs> so Mike's got a full mouthful of chocolate right now. He's taking a sip. He is fully combining both flavors. It works. Yeah. Nice. So I got this idea because the other week I went to a Girl Scout cookie beer pairing right, at a local right. bar near me. And it works. It fucking works. Nice. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I am like a, a food pairer. <laughs> <laughs> Successful food pairer, Mike. But um but yeah, like it's Added funny to my like, titles. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that with Ross Brewing, like I think I've had I can't remember when we did the Monmouth County Memes podcast. Did we have Ross Brewing as one of those? Yeah. I think that's the only time I've actually had one of their beers. And it was fine. <laughs> I remember being okay. They're opening their first tasting room soon. Well, that's the thing. The problem is that they're a North Jersey brewery, right? So yeah, like, and they never... I don't think they even had a tasting room. I think they were, like, renting from another brewery and just distributing. Right, because they, they don't distribute to South Jersey. So the only, the only way I would have been able to taste the beer theirs was if I had had... Um, like crack of the bat i think they had a pairing they did a collab with ship bottom and uh it was like a cracker jack inspired beer or something for baseball season and i never got down actually getting it but um but yeah i mean my hatred for them is purely on a name basis alone i've never had their actual beers it's like <laughs> his fake legislation yeah. against them for stealing his name yeah. my fake hatred my fake bread legislation my all that but yeah it's uh but that's 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 good, but again, like blueberry wheat ale, I, I I would say that even without having it, in my grudge against them for stealing my name and profiting off of it, uh, Ship Bottom's got a better blueberry wheat ale. <laughs> the Ross is always <laughs> one of the most supportive be- uh, breweries when we post. Like they're always share, yeah. comment. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. We we do obviously we love that. <laughs> keep it up. This will be like um, be like a funny version of the Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon feud. You know, yeah. <laughs> it won't it won't be sad and tired it'll be funny but anyway speaking of sad and tired which is what i was watching these three goddamn movies <laughs> um i decided and i've been doing this recently today my daughter and my wife came with me to go beer shopping and my wife actually picked out this one my daughter approved it because of the horsey on the cover but it's from Clown Shoes Brewing, which is up in Boston, and it says brewed by Clown Shoes Beer, brewed in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and Windsor, Vermont. Um, it's Blair Corn Unidragon Imperial Stout, and it's 10%, 10.5%, sorry, and it's got this big, like, dragon unicorn on it, so obviously that fits the theme of smog or smog or Fuck whatever it. garbage, Benedict Cumberbatch's dragon. But um, since it is 10.5 and like what I've been doing recently with the beers that my daughter and my wife are trying to kill me with, I've just got the little taster cup here, little taster goblet. So I'm going to have a little taste. Okay. Oh, wow. Tastes like an Imperial Stout, but it definitely tastes more like alcohol. Like it's got the, uh, it's got the drier sting to it. And it's, I don't know. I It's, it, I that kind of like, it's one thing to have a high alcohol content in your beer and have it taste like beer without the wineish taste, but I, I'm not a fan of the wine part. I'm not. I'm not a fan of like that dry alcohol. Like, 
like after fact taste or whatever. It's just I'm not a good fan. So my so my actual beer that I'll be drinking is Untold Riches from Flying Fish. And um they're down in Somerville in Somerdale. And um yeah, I it's in a can, which I think is new for Flying Fish. I don't think they've had cans ever, but it's Untold Riches. There's a little pile of gold. No, I've obviously. had cans from Flying Fish. I'd say I've never seen it. I've only seen the bottles. Um, but there's a pile of gold here with a king on it, and it's 6%, and obviously a big pile of gold plays pretty heavily into the end of the second, beginning, of, well, all of the third of these movies, and it's just... Oh, God. The, the beer is good, but the movies that pertain to it are fucking garbage. It's so, so much fluff. So much fluff. <laughs> you can't even call it fluff. It's it's as everyone hopefully should know. This is obviously based on a book. It's based on another book, but it's uh, that's one average book. <laughs> at about three hundred and four pages. The book averages at three hundred and four pages. I'm guessing those are like kind of like smaller copies of the book because it's not long. I read it in the sixth grade. Yeah, it's. It's it's very much the intro, like to Tolkien. Like you read it, and you're like, okay, this is something or other. Which but, honestly, I loved the book as a kid, and I still enjoy it. I'm sure it's fine, but they should. This see, this is you're going to be hearing me like sighing and like being exasperated a lot this week. <laughs> this, it's this funny because we have someone who doesn't enjoy these movies at all, and someone who loves the books and loves the originals, and is just so goddamn frustrated with how bad these are. Right, and it's the thing with these is the whole time, and you can tell with me watching these when I'm watching all three of these. The whole time, I was like, I actually said it at one point, I wish I was watching the original three. Like, and that's from me. I never want to see those movies ever again. <laughs> and now I will say, Martin Freeman, I wish he got more to do because he's good. I like Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins. He's usually great in everything, which this movie definitely needed somebody who was good because... <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Ian McKellen, I think, is phoning it in. <laughs> Gandalf really phoned in in this one. Okay, but... so I found I found a breakdown on... So we, we discussed that this book is roughly 304 pages. So I found a loose breakdown of how, the, how much of the movies... Or how much of the book each movie covers. Right. So the first movie roughly covers chapters one to six, which is 81 pages. Okay. Second movie ca covers seven to 12, which is 82 pages. And the third movie captures chapters 13 to 19, which is 50 pages about. Isn't now, obviously, having never written a, um, a screenplay, but isn't the rule of thumb that like one page equals one minute on screen? Like, isn't that kind of what the thing is? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of, it's like a, that's like a loose guideline. But so if now you I'm had, assuming adapting screenplays, you're going to get like the pages, you're going to get more pages than it like it covers in the book because of like the fluff, the directions and stuff. Yeah, but 
Okay, so let's do the math. You said the first book is what? 81 pages is roughly 81 pages? The first movie, yeah, it covers 81 pages of the okay. book. Okay, so the first like, Add like 10 pages to that for like directions and stuff. Okay, so 91 pages. The first movie is two hours and 50 minutes long. Yeah. That is 170 minutes. <laughs> so that's approximately 60 pages longer than it needs to be. And then what's okay? So the second one was also, um, eighty-one. You said right? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Yeah. Now here's where the fun part is because the second movie, straight up, the one I watched, is two hours and forty-one minutes. There is an extended version of that flick at three hours and six, which means it's hundred and eighty-six minutes long. <laughs> yep. Which is a hundred pages over what it should be, and then the shortest of the movies is the third movie at 224 well, yeah the battle cut is only about 15 pages the right battle of the five armies yeah and it's the majority of the movie that is two hours and 24 minutes long so it's just under two and a half hours long and it's <sighs> my problem my problem with the original trilogy which i you can check out my Pain, pained expressions and ranting in our episode on that. But my major problem with those book, with those movies, is that they're so goddamn drawn out. They feel too goddamn long. And which this, those movies are actually trying to fill in quality content that was already in the book. So there's a reason for it being long. Right. Yeah. They're they're stuffed for a reason. Mm-hmm. This, on the other hand, seems like Peter Jackson was like, you know what? Or, it, and I'm not even going to really lay it on Peter Jackson's feet because there was a lot of studio meddling with this because, as Mike and I were talking briefly before we started, this was originally going to be Guillermo del Toro. And he was only going to be doing two movies of this. And he had Which like- Which probably would have been fine. It would have been great because that man has restraint. <laughs> and he can build a lot of world building into a tight space, which is what he's known for. He's an amazing storyteller with not a lot. And it would have been interesting to see the gigantic budget that he was given with this to see what he did with that. But I'm telling you, he wouldn't have made two four-hour movies. Now, with Jackson, though, it does seem that um, that new line was just kind of like, look, here's a gun. It's to your head. <laughs> All of filming. If you go a minute under two and a half hours long we will pull this trigger and you will die <laughs> and he was like all right look, look look i'll do the extended version of the second one if i can go six minutes under on a third and they were like all right i guess that's fine but either way we're also going to have a well, we're going to have a dog a gun to your dog we're going to have a gun to your wife <laughs> you will make these movies long as hell and unnecessarily long and he's like all right it's, i guess i can do that it's <laughs> almost the opposite of what happened to season seven and eight of game of thrones <laughs> yeah the these should have been like season seven and eight of game of thrones like Dude, if they gave me three three hour movies for each season I think that would have been nuts. That would have been great. And it, it would have been because they had big ass budgets for that show. Like you still you would have gotten it. The the thing with this, and we might as well just start with the first movie, an unexpected journey from 2012. And it's it's okay. I'm gonna put it this way. Starting off with Bilbo Baggins 
original Bilbo Baggins, Ian um, Holm, I think it is, Ian Holm, mm-hmm. writing the story that you're about to see on screen. It's like, all right, that's fine. If you start making like one line and we're good to go. But they dragged this out for what, half an hour? Yeah. Elijah Wood shows up for some reason. We got Gandalf in there a little bit. There's just no reason for this movie to start the way it does. Or well, do that, so the worst kind of fluff that all three of these movies suffer from, and it gets worse as it goes along, is the fluff of, hey, you remember that trilogy you loved from a decade ago? It's yeah, this so, is this is connected to it. It's so <laughs> awful because I know that there were people in the theaters because the fucking Lord of the Rings nerds are out there and they're they're such defenders of this damn trilogy, this Hobbit trilogy. It goes no, it goes either way. Like uh, I'm talking about the hardcore people, the ones that think this is the greatest shit ever. And there is no fault in it regardless. Like, there are hardcore fans of the original trilogy that despise this trilogy. Which they should, and those people are only slightly better than the garbage I'm talking about. Hey. The people like yeah, <laughs> that's right. So the the points in these movies where Legolas shows up or Evgen Gandalf shows up or fucking Hugo Weaving shows up and all this, it's it's like they're in there and they start off and it's almost like a sitcom that has a laugh track. They're waiting for the joke to like for the laughter and applause to end, and then we're gonna get in. Yeah. But in this case, they're waiting for the hardcore fans to stop jerking off. So they can start telling the story again. It's like, oh, look, here's your favorites. Like, did you come yet? Okay, here's the rest of them. Let's move on. They're plen- Don't worry. There's yeah, plenty it, more times to jerk off. It's kind of like MCU hardcore fans pointing out every time, hey, that's Stan Lee. <laughs> right. Or when you're watching um, like The Mandalorian or something like that, and one of like the cartoon show characters pops up or something and everybody's like oh my god this is from this it's like no one cares no one cares <laughs> no one cares about your stupid fucking cartoon show that no one watched no one cares and the the craziest part about this whole thing is if you were to shave out all of the parts that mean nothing you would have mostly watchable movies that are a respectable length and you could get through and be like you know what that that wasn't that painful. It was unnecessary, but it wasn't that painful. So I always said that the best way to actually do this book would have been like a six or seven episode miniseries. <laughs> but Mike, you wouldn't be able to squeeze as much money as possible out of this franchise. Because no, it's one of those things that like HBO's got to acquire and do or no, we'll get like Amazon Prime doing it. You mean the show that they actually did do? <laughs> that was Rings of Power, totally different. <laughs> Still, it's a Lord of the Rings property that they sunk a billion dollars into, you know? That's it's, the story of Galadriel. And no one cared. No one cared. It's And even that, from what I understand from that, I, I work with somebody who watched that show. Even from that, they're basically like, look, it's kind of a bunch of different stories just kind of on screen. There's no real point to it. It was like... Well, then what's the point? <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> why yeah, are we that, doing this? <laughs> which is why I now want a, a meaningful miniseries for The Hobbit. <laughs> I mean, it, it what it, a genuine question. What is the point of these movies? 
it was this technically Tolkien wrote The Hobbit before he wrote Lord of the Rings. So I'm I'm more thinking of what's the story. What's the point? <laughs> See, if I asked you about the original trilogy, you'd say it's about the hobbits taking the ring to Mordor. <laughs> and that's <laughs> this easy. one's about a mountain full of gold. This one is about a bunch of unlikable dwarves for some reason trying to get to a mountain full of gold for some reason being hunted by orcs for some reason. <laughs> and then there the elves is... just show up and steal the W. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> you can add for some reason to every possible part of this plot, and it makes the same amount of sense as what's actually on screen, you know? Now, you know, if you don't forget about the plot ties from all the fluff that's in between meaningful scenes, maybe we could put it together because <laughs> my attention span's short. So I, I lose memory as like those 20 to 30 minute fluff scenes happen. It's so bad. And there's also a with uh what's his name the brown with bird shit on his face. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Um, what's his name like Ragister, Ragistad, Ragnarok. Yeah, but he's the brown with like it's Gandalf the Gray, Saruman the White. He's what's his name the brown. Well, aren't there five of them? Yeah. What are the other two's names? And what colors are they? <laughs> I know one of them's blue. What's the other one? Black? I want to say green. green. Yeah. But like, yeah, what's that what's that dude's name? I'm pulling it up now. But yeah, it's like it's like Radamon Radigast. Radigast. That's what it is, Radigast. Radigast the brown, who's got, you know, bird shit barnacles all over his face or whatever it is. But let's Let's get into the biggest problem with these movies. Now, at least with the original trilogy. Now, I will fully admit that I will be complimenting the original trilogy a lot during this episode, simply because it is so vastly superior to this garbage. But at least in the original, though it might not be for me, there is a lot of happy adventure. Like, you get a sense that these people actually enjoy each other's company, and have fun or having fun doing what they're doing in there. The hobbits are all fun, loving friends that enjoy adventure, enjoy spending time together and just being fun in this Richard Armitage as Thorin, the lead dwarf is about as broody as brooding can get. And he is the most unlikable character in the entire. Oh, he's horrible. He's meant to be the, uh, the strider, the, He's like, hey, whoa, 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 Mike, you you mentioned the previously on Lord of the Rings that happens in the Battle of the Five Armies at the very end. Yes. (laughs) When we get the setup for the previous season. Apparently he's 60 years old when Lord of the Rings happens. I guess. (laughs) Aragorn is an old ass man, apparently, when it comes to the real Lord of the Rings. But in this movie... I do not get the sense that the dwarves have any. Oh, I looked it up. It's so there's a white, a gray, a brown, and two blues. Of course, why not? Why wouldn't it be two blues? Why wouldn't you come up with another goddamn color, <laughs> Tolkien? Jesus Christ! But in this, I don't get the sense that anyone even kind of likes each other in this. They're no. just together because they're dwarves, and. They are just brooding for brooding's sake, and it's so dark and relentless. And 
the shit that's there's supposed- no camaraderie like you, no. you get no moments where he's like potatoes or what about second breakfast like, there's nothing of that and even and i'm gonna lay this to martin freeman too even bilbo is unlikable as hell for a lot of his on-screen time and for most of the time because they hire him as a burglar or whatever or like well as gandalf forces him into the crow as a burglar because this is a heist flick apparently and <laughs> At one point, at most of the movie, <laughs> imagine, at least... <laughs> imagine the dragon was voiced by Terry Benedict. Like <laughs> <laughs> Andy Garcia as Smaug, that'd be great. That would, <laughs> that would be legitimately hilarious. Or like Alpha. <laughs> the dwarves are just the guys from the Oceans movie. <laughs> hey, you make this Oceans 11 and more in Middle Earth, I would much prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon can be Bilbo. <laughs> Right, just anybody can be anything. I would just, I would just much prefer that. But Danny Ocean as uh, Gandalf. No, it would have to be um, uh, what's his name? You'd have to go with uh, Saul as Gandalf, <laughs> or yeah. Ruben. Yeah, you'd have Carl Reiner as uh, as uh, as Gandalf. Yeah, but I mean, but either way, like when when Bilbo's involved in this, at first, it's one thing at first for him to be a dick because he doesn't want to be going. He does. He's kind of forced into this. He doesn't want to do it. And it's like, okay, I get why you're an ass. But then later he just becomes a jackass most of the time. But, and I know people are gonna be like, Oh, but it's the ring influencing him. It's like, it's not, it's not because we never get the Elijah Wood like being turned to the dark side, like transformation from him. He's perfectly fine the entire time, even when he puts on the ring and goes into the fucking shadow realm. Any of that stuff, like all of that is still just Bilbo being Bilbo. Like there's no transformation. There's no change in his personality when it comes to that. He's just holding a ring the whole damn time. Also, we got to talk about his like rap riddle battle with Gollum. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) I don't want to. In what world is what is in my pocket a riddle? No, that's just a question. <laughs> it's just a straight up question. Now, I think Gollum calls him on that too. He's like, that's just a question. <laughs> now, credit to Andy Circus. I still love him for this, even after this. At least Andy Circus is giving his all, you know? At least we get Gollum back. And granted, it's unnecessary as hell, doesn't need to happen, but at least Circus puts the effort out you know and and to also to his credit as well benedict cumberbatch puts the effort out as well when he's a smug because if you ever seen like the behind the scenes film like filming of him yeah. where he's like actually getting into it like being a dragon and shit like it's like at least that dude was trying well i mean and honestly if you put me on set with a bunch of fx gear and i'm supposed to act like a dragon i'd be like sweet this is cool yeah i get to do whatever i want i'm gonna be a dragon that's awesome but there's there's just so much like i said there's just so much jer- lord of the rings jerking off and just look at what else we got look we're in rivendell everybody done jerking off can we get back to the story now like oh look Kate blanchett's back oh let's jerk off some more look it's hugo, hugo weaving let's jerk off some more and and then when they drag poor christopher lay into this i was like oh man really <laughs> it's like he was probably happy you know <laughs> <laughs> He was probably happy not doing any of this anymore. And then he gets dragged back in. But then again, he is like, he's got that like heavy metal Charlemagne record. So I'm sure he was just perfectly happy to jump back into being a wizard for a while. You know, he just seemed like that kind of dude. It's funny. One time I did like, I had like an hour and a half drive and I was like, 
fuck it. I'm going to listen to Christopher Lee's spoken word album. Dude, that and his his actual like heavy metal album is pretty great too. You know, it's it, there's two of them I think, and they're both about Charlemagne. And the fact that he he's just one, he's like the coolest story Hollywood ever. Yeah, he he was just the best. You know, he's literally James Bond. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he that's the thing it's even having him as the man with the golden gun like in the movie just makes it so much better you know because he is christopher lee so when he shows up i was like look he's got two lines in this entire trilogy but they're good <laughs> they're good lines you know <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like when steve buscemi shows up for his one scene in adam sandler movies like oh <laughs> at least there's that you know and when he popped up on screen i actually pulled like a basher from motions love it's like oh finally a proper villain <laughs> You know, but of course he goes right away because we can't have a proper villain in this. We have to settle for a white ass. He's technically not quite a villain yet in this. (laughs) Oh yeah, who gives a shit? (laughs) But we have to settle for a white orc with one hand who keeps changing it up. He puts like a spork on there at one point. I think he's got like a like a dough, like a bread mixer on there at some point. He's got a got a whole kinds of shit, but it's (laughs) as a gog or whatever his name. It's like um. What's his name's hand in? I want to say Family Guy, where every time he pulls it up, like his oh, this stump has a different attachment. Which which character is that? I've, uh, Seamus in a couple episodes, like he has different attachments for his stump. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, probably, but I mean, I was more thinking like, um, for some reason, I was thinking of Young Frankenstein <laughs> with that like cop, <laughs> like the, the uh, yeah. like the police officer or whatever. He keeps yes, he, he has like the wooden arms who's keep like knocking it down and doing shit with it. But it's, I mean, my my whole question watching these movies, I was like, am, at what point am I supposed to just be like, this is adventure, you know? Because at no it point never do is. I ever it care. Never happens. Right. At no point do I ever actually care about this. And then we do the whole Gollum in the ring shit. My precious. At that point, I guess I'm supposed to be jerking off with both hands. You know, just like this is what this is the greatest thing to ever be on screen. Look at my back. <laughs> this was in the good movies. Yeah, it's like I remember this from the other movie. And it's like because I watched again, like I watched all the pitch meetings for this. And it's like they're from like, he's from the other movies. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's exactly what you that's what, like you removed all the tension from this scene by including a character in the other movies that happen after this. Right. And of course, there's everything in in all of these movies has a direct counterpart in the original trilogy so like in this one we got the eagles again showing up and they also only partially help they only do some little shit and then we have the of course we have the ring again we have the whole goddamn point of the first trilogy we have the ring that shows up but which i think that's really the point of this is to show how bilbo gets the ring but then give me a five minute short that's a dvd extra you know for the lord of the rings trilogy that's all I needed. And it's it's so unnecessary is what all of this is. And that's the point of why we're even doing this. Okay, it's like, so unnecessary. I don't think this like putting the story to film is unnecessary. I think making the story a trilogy is unnecessary. Oh, absolutely. Like if you're going to make this one movie, maybe even two, I can grant it two. Or a but six they, episode miniseries. Or that, but they better not be two 
three and a half hour movies. No, you can cut this down to two, two hours, maybe two hours and 15 minutes long movies and be perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, or one three hour movie. You'll be fine. There's absolutely no need to. Or six 40 minute episode miniseries. Either fucking way, man. But either way, it's, it's so obnoxious to be like, look, there are assholes out there who we put this in the theater. They'll be here for the name. And then when we say, oh, but your favorites might show up, they'll be their pantsless jerking off on opening night. And All they'll right, do so it no multiple times. We're going to play Guess That Metacritic score. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right. What do you think The Hobbit, an unexpected journey Metacritic score is? All right. I'm going to go with since the beginning of this movie is so rocky and I know that Peter Jackson made it like scrambling to try to get the first like half hour of this movie together. I'm going to say that it's got the middle of the pack score level. It's not going to it's not the high. It's two of the three. And I'm going to say Metacritic gives it a because they're in percentages, right? Yeah, it's out of 100. All right, I'm going to be going with this as a 70 flat. 58. Get the fuck out of here. Really? All right, <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rotten Tomatoes is a little more flattering. So on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. I closed the one for this on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, no. I have the other two up, but I can't do that yet. <laughs> We're not talking about them yet. <laughs> but, I mean... Uh, uh, this uh, one, this is a 64 on Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to say, even this one, uh, this one on IMDb is a 7.8 out of 10, which is... <laughs> yeah, that's the audience score is an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. Just egregious, you know, and unnecessary, but... Uh, I I can't I can't talk about this this movie at least anymore. It's this one is the most boring by far. It sucks. So Mike, how's your how's your blueberry tasting party over there? It's good. I love the truffles and I love the beer and I love them Ooh. together. Good job, Fancy. Ross and Fancy. Almost home brewing. And fancy people with their Godiva chocolates. But yeah, my uh, flying fish untold riches is uh very good. And, uh, flying fish always makes a pretty good beer, You're a pretty good go to. Yeah, so now I'm we move on. to start like a redneck tasting thing with like p- food pairings with Bud Light. <laughs> so anything. <laughs> this brisket was made to perfectly pair with your Bud Light. <laughs> it's it's smoked for twenty eight hours. Only to be paired up properly with a nice goblet of Bud Light. <laughs> Make sure you swirl it first. <laughs> but yeah, so this one now we're talking about desolation of smog. So speaking of the search for more money, you know, it's we start off this movie with a giant fuck you, and it's Peter Jackson like walking, strolling across screen, eating a goddamn carrot. And it's like, look, dude, you ain't Alfred Hitchcock. You don't get to do that, cameo. <laughs> The only way it's made better is when Stephen Colbert's cameo happens slightly after that. <laughs> yeah. Now, God, I can't think about this movie without thinking about how, like, it didn't have an ending. It was just 
Yep, this is very much the Matrix uh, Reloaded of the three. And it's very like Hunger Games 2. At least that has the excuse that they just adapted the ending of the book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which will, in itself was not an ending because it was designed to be a trilogy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And of course, in this one, what's the first thing we get? We get a flashback and it starts. And I'm like, wait, where are we? What, what, what is this? What are we doing? Oh, it's a year before our current events. Well, that's stupid. And of course, Gandalf's like, you know what? You should do this thing, man. You should go out and do this thing. So this entire saga is Gandalf's fault. Gandalf just (laughs) wanted something to happen. And he's like, you do it. Right. I'm bored. You go find something. Go find gold. Go go take your home back. But then, of course, we get spiders again. Just like we did in the other franchise. But it told us how it... uh... How the sword got its name. Oh, that was, yeah, that was brain again. Like, I'm jerking off for that part, right? Like, I'm supposed to be jerking off. And then Legolas shows up, and I'm really furiously pounding it, you know? And, I mean, yes, I understand that Orlando Bloom has to eat. But did he have to do it like this? (laughs) Did he have to do it like this? Like, that, this, and, okay, so let's discuss the actual technical achievements of this movie. The frame rate on this thing is insane. And it's a scene, good looking movie. With a big giant asterisk, I'll say. Yeah. It is technically very uh commendable, I'll say. It's very good. To watch it on a big 4K TV, it looks great. Now, there is a lot of, and it's also one of my complaints from the originals, because they do that like Barbara Walters interview soft focus kind of thing at times where it's a lot of like shimmering sunlight and shit, especially with the elves. And it makes them look plastic. And I don't know if that was supposed to be that way, which I can see an argument for, but it's bad CGI de-aging is what it is. Like you're smoothing out wrinkles that don't need to really be smoothed yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> now, I also like the more practical effects of the original as compared to the holy CGI of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, this is all CGI. And at least with the other ones, you get camera tricks and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but this movie... All right. Cumberbatch's smog is fine. He's fine. He's the best part of the movie. Yeah. And there's an argument to be made that this is the best movie of the three. I I would say it was was the easily the most watchable. I, yeah. I enjoyed it the most. But it also say, introduces Unibrow guy who gets way too much focus after he's introduced. Dude, what are we doing with that guy? You know, with that with Lick Spittle, I think his name is great. Okay, also, really subtle name there, Tolkien, you know. <laughs> glad glad you were that kind of writer. <laughs> but like I feel like he's basically if Cartman, like if we got the a full movie length version of when South Park did the Lord of the Rings episode and Cartman was assigning characters, Butters would have been Lick Spittle. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's, it's one thing to have a character like that introduced and then kill them. It's another thing entirely to have them survive to the third film and then be one of the main characters in that film, basically. Even though he does not look at anything. He doesn't do a goddamn thing, no. And we also, in this one, we also find out that there are pugs in Middle Earth. <laughs> there are fucking pugs in Middle Earth. Really? 
okay, do they have breathing problems there too? <laughs> you know? It's yeah. and it, the goddamn ending of this movie, if they just ended them with them watching smog burn up the village, that would have been something. But no, they end with him flying off and open the second movie with him burning up the village. Like you gotta kill him in this fucking movie. They end with him flying off to the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like Martin Freeman is almost like Bobo is almost like bye I'll see you in, see you in the next movie <laughs> and also like the whole smog thing where he's like oh sh-. well first of all if you ever watch Game of Thrones you know heat is not the way to kill a dragon and the door's not like what usually. if you use heat to kill the dragon not typically does fire ever really affect dragons <laughs> the flying Man, furnace Daenerys <laughs> with that plot only her older brother yeah like like well he technically died from the gold crown so yeah <laughs> he wasn't burnt up but um it's i mean yeah. but the this to back up a little bit from the ending with this we get a lot of elves in this and we get a lot of evangeline lily who thankfully gets to wear a hairstyle that fits you know that works for her which she's not allowed to do a lot like recently in her career but she's one of the ones that smoothed out a lot, and she didn't really even need to be. Like, she's very shiny and sunlighty as well, and she has this like completely unnecessary will they won't they storyline with the one dwarf, handsome dwarf, the dwarf that doesn't look like a dwarf. Like, <laughs> what happened? Why does why is his face not dwarfy? You know. <laughs> And his brother kind of is, which is weird. <laughs> so did he get the, like, recessive Middle-earth genes? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened to that guy? Why is he not a dwarf? He's just the size of one, but he looks like They're a regular like, dude. Make this dwarf handsome. Right, he just looks like a regular dude, you know? And meanwhile, like, Richard Armitage has that giant, like, nose, and, like, they all have, like, the big brows and all that, like... um, it's 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 really terrible, but the the barrel escape that they have and that whole fight scene with the orcs and the arrows and the flying and the magic and all that, that isn't terrible. Like, that's okay. It's a fine scene. The problem is there is a lot of questionable CGI in that scene, yeah. and it is very, very questionable, and it's funny because nowadays you get people making fun of or griping about Marvel movies having the worst CGI. Yet you don't hear about this franchise having the worst CGI as well, you know, because these movies almost made a billion dollars as well, you know, each time. So it's like, we can call those out as well. <laughs> like we can call these movies out for being the terrible CGI garbage fest that they are. Yeah. But... If this was like, if they had a way to put in a sky beam, these movies would have a sky beam. I mean, is, is Sauron's like, I not, it's kind of the equivalent of that. It's like the fantasy equivalent of a sky beam. <laughs> I, I don't know, because, like, I feel like the sky beam has to be, like, a laser shooting up. Like, maybe if they had a volcano erupting. Yeah, maybe. But, like, usually in fantasy, there's some sort of, like, magical fire thing that goes on. And he's definitely the magical fire thing in this, because he doesn't have his mountain yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's just in a he's just a, a shadow. He's a pupil in a fire eye in this one, which has like this weird like you know uh, like kaleidoscope effect at one point, which I was kind of like, oh, is this also where something. we find? 
But this one and five armies run together because you know the ending of this one is in five armies. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 insane. But, but um, is isn't this where Galadriel basically shows us like, hey, I was strong enough to do all this shit myself, but I had you bitches do it for me. Yeah, this is the one where she turns into like goblin mode, like <laughs> like Galadriel or whatever, and. Just it's, fucks up Sauron right there. Yeah, she just like banishes him. To, like I said, she banishes him to the Shadow Realm. And at one point, we also get introduced to Luke Evans's character, who's like mayor of Lake Town or whatever the fuck he is, and master of the lake. Sure, and he has an inspirational speech at one point where he literally says the words, "Have you forgotten what happened to Dale?" Now, isn't Dale a place? It's not a person. It's a place, isn't it? Yeah, it's referencing Dale Gribble from King of the Hills. Well, there you go. But I was also thinking, like, Dale? Dale's not a fantasy name. <laughs> you might as well just call him Tim, you know? <laughs> like, Dale comes at the end of town's names. Right, just pull him on Python and call him, like, Tim or something like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is the dragon he's dale right yeah this yeah and this is my elf friend rick <laughs> hi rick <laughs> this is my brother ed is <laughs> our he's our, he's our cousin frank <laughs> these aren't fantasy names <laughs> what are we doing that, now see if terry pratchett wrote this there totally would have been a character named yeah, yeah there'd be fucking dolphins in it too and shit like yeah. that you know it'd be all kinds of it'd just be 42 you know 42 but oh wait, that Douglas Adams, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean then of course there's the dumbass lines. Like when they're walking through the um the mountain and they're looking for like the secret staircase up the mountain or whatever, and Bilbo's like, Well, what about that? And he points to like the giant rock guy, like the giant rock statue with the stairs carved in the side of him. And Thorin's like you have keen eyes, Master Baggins. And it's like, oh, yeah, because he opened them. <laughs> you know, you look to your left, you see a giant statue. Maybe try that one out. <laughs> and then the shiny rock thing always ends up right next to Bilbo. And the shiny rock, the shiny rock. We might as well have just called it the ring again. Just had it be the ring again, because that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> so they don't got to destroy it. They got to keep it to prove that they're the king. Which means nothing, apparently. It does mean nothing. <laughs> but then, of course, in this one, yet again, we get we get Gandalf with his flashlight out. He pulls his flashlight out, and it, we're just doing the two towers again. <laughs> now, I, also, I so Gandalf had to know that the rock didn't mean anything, right? He knows everything. He even knows that Bilbo has the ring, <laughs> and he doesn't say anything. And he he forgets that Bilbo has the ring in the sixty years that come after this. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he's smoking too much of that pipe, which we will get to in the third one because it's an obnoxious ending with that pipe. I was like, look, dude, there's if you're Judd Apatow directing this scene, just let me know because this goes on for far too fucking long and it is unfunny. <laughs> but this this is like the high fantasy equivalent of. So, like, Gandalf set this whole thing into motion for him to reclaim the mountain and find that rock. Knowing the rock did nothing. This is the Gandalf equivalent of Albus Dumbledore hiring Lockhart in Harry Potter 2. Knowing full well that the guy's a total fucking fraud. Just thinking, ah, this is going to be funny. <laughs> right. Oh, and Mike, hold on. Did you say Dumbledore? 
Because isn't there a place in this movie called Dal Goldor? <laughs> I believe there is. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, hey, any and, fans from that other fantasy franchise? Here? Right, exactly. And that's where you catch a kid like accidentally starting to jerk off. It's like, wait, did he say Dumbledore? <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, it was Dal Goldor. Fuck, I can't jerk off now. But there's there's a book series that I just finished reading because, I mean, you have something to do. It's a fantasy series. The, uh, the author's name is John Mayberry. He does a lot of, like, hardcore action novels with this guy, Joe Ledger. Well, he's also spun off, and he's doing this, like, quick, high fantasy type, like, dark, grimdark fantasy, like, trilogy called Kagan. It's the Kagan the Damn trilogy. The second one, just I just finished reading Son of the Poison Rose. Great couple books. They're fun. They're not incredibly layered like Game of Thrones. They're not deep or like Tolkien or anything like that. And from the outright, he said, look, I have made, I wrote this, the, this story using all of my favorite fantasy tropes and paying homage to them and by a little allusions to them. Like Cthulhu is the main, one of the main gods in it. There's a lot of characters that are named after other fantasy writers and like their style of naming people. So like he outright said, he's like, look, I'm putting this in there because they're all my favorites. You know, I'm just going to throw some shit in there. But when you get stuff like Dal Goldor and you're like, oh, so JK Rowling absolutely stole that and made it Dumbledore. You know, there's, there's a lot of, well, we should have just taken that, you know, like we just took that away from Tolkien, you know, and put it there. Like even with like Game of Thrones, there's a lot of Tolkien in it. And it's yeah. like, we are outright lifting these things, but no one ever comes out. I think my says, favorite reference in Game of Thrones is like when George R. R. Martin was designing the world and he got so far east where he just like he wanted to make it mysterious and didn't put much out there. He just put a bunch of towns with legends around them named after towns in the Cthulhu Missus. Like right. Kadath is a town out there. Um right. Biasabad, uh yeah. and Carcosa are the main three that I can think of. <laughs> Right, and like Cthulhu himself is like name checked in this this now fantasy novel series that I I just you know finished. Obviously, the, the second book is finished. Like outright Cthulhu, it's not like an illusion. It's literally Cthulhu. And well, that's what the drowned gods are supposed to be the deep ones. Right, exactly, and it's all Lovecraft, all that stuff. So when you get something in the Hobbit that you know is from the original guy, yeah, you know the original high fantasy guy, and then you 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 live in this world of Harry Potter and you live in this world of stretching franchises out to three unnecessary movies. It's like it, all of these things stand out and you just scream, fuck you at your TV. You know, that's all you do. You just scream, fuck you at your TV. And Oh God, are we scheduled to watch the fantastic beasts trilogy? No, no, <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> no, but. I mean, I would arguably say that we were going to watch a worse trilogy at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> but all of this, like, it's it's the it's the hey, do you recognize this thing that's better aspect of this movie? Now, it's yeah. one thing to have a separate, completely separate property do it, and either and not like completely outright the creators recognize the fact that hey, this is what we're doing. We're just straight out, you know, saying yeah. this. Shit. Like there's a there's level stuff of this... I like and I want to pay homage to it. Right. That is much different than saying, oh, do you get it? Like nudge, nudge. Do you get it? It's like, but then there's a guy who references himself and it's yeah. not Tolkien. It's Peter Jackson in this case. And it's like, look, 
all of these characters. Everyone knows who they are. You don't need them in this goddamn movie. <laughs> all right, are you ready to play? What's that Metacritic score? Um, yes, and I feel like I already know this one. It's in the sixties. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the six. I'm gonna say sixty four. Sixty six. Oh, oh. All right, now this is the highest rated tomato meter. This one's got to be in like the the eighties. Audience score is critic score is not. All right, the critics. Oh, the critics probably. Yeah, I think the critics trash it like sixties or seventies. Seventy four. Yeah. Okay. Audience, audience scores an eighty five. Yeah, audience probably loved it. Which I will say, like, I do like if we're just ba- if we're using the first movie as a baseline, this one is better. Yes, no question, absolutely no question, and. Of course, we do get at the very end, we get Benedict Cumberbatch as Smaug, and he is legitimately this is a great performance, and it's not Oscar worthy or anything, but it's a legitimately dedicated and good performance in a movie completely devoid of them. And it's only thing that takes away from it is how bad some of the CGI looks when he moves. <laughs> when Smaug is moving around, it looks terrible. But when he's like up close and talking, you're like, oh, and now I see where Weta came in and I see where the money went, you know? It all went to making this dragon as realistic as possible. Yeah. And it's at least there was that. It's like I said, it's it's like with Game of Thrones in the last two seasons. At least they made Drogon look terrifying <laughs> you know they made him horrifying they went all out to make it look pretty good right. yeah and that's about all they did because then they're like oh how do we end this movie well we're not we're just gonna film them both back to back and cut it <laughs> just gonna say, we're just gonna be like oh this dragon wants to get revenge so he goes off and burns a town that none of the characters he wants to get revenge on are in or are from <laughs> right he's just <laughs> It's like, fuck that town. I'm burning the shit out of them. <laughs> like, you guys will feel bad if I burn this town, right? Like, right, I'm just you feel here. bad I'm, about your actions. I'm going to fuck all these town. people up. Yeah, go to hell. But, and the, the craziest thing, like, the whole time I'm thinking, this smog chase is never going to end. And, of course, literally, it doesn't end because the movie just stops when it's still going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, pause. Say in a year. We'll come back to this scene in a year. <laughs> now, Again, I recently watched uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I can't spoil anything because, like, it's a, it's a fairly recent show. I feel like I shouldn't. But they yeah, have it's... a very, very interesting way of handling a dragon in it. Okay, okay. <laughs> well... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, since this is an audio podcast, you didn't see the video, though, of Mike just doing... Uh... His best, let's say, Chasing Amy impression. Is, uh, <laughs> you can remember the scene in Chasing Amy that involved a uh, demonstration with hands. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> but so, Mike, how's your uh, how's your blueberry uh, tasting party? Doing good. I am um, probably in four chocolates and have drank in two beers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and invented a new verb, <laughs> drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have almost drank in my own entire untold riches uh, IPA from Flying Fish, and it's still delicious. So now let's move on to the final abomination of the night, 
2014's Battle of the Five Armies, which is subtitled The Struggle to Stay Awake. Um, pre- it starts off with, obviously, previously on Desolation and Smog. And then it goes because to... Because this is, like, literally a television show. They're like, stay tuned, cliffhanger. Ooh. Right. Meanwhile, and then it goes back to meanwhile, and who gives a fuck about Lake Town Land? You know? It's like, what are we doing? And then, of course, Luke Evans has the immortal words, winter is upon us. And I was like, you can't say that in 2014, my friend. <laughs> you can't have that line in there because winter is coming. has already made it much, much better. <laughs> Winter's not here yet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, it's weird. Winter we arrived, I think, like four years after this movie. Yeah, we ain't even talking about seasons, man. We're not bothering. But and then, of course, like Bilbo's like a lying piece of shit at the beginning of this movie. It's like, what are we what are we doing? Why? Also, they gave whatever the fuck his name is, Dragon Sickness, and made him unbearable to watch even more. Thorin. And that's the thing. Like, again, we're just doing the ring corrupts again. That's all we're doing. Except now it's the dragon's gold corrupts. Yeah, and of course it makes zero sense because... All he does is just act like a baby the whole time. He's just like a stubborn little baby. And it's like, and of course, like in a regular movie or a movie with some stakes or something or tension, his buddies would start turning on him. Yeah. You know? But none of them do that. They're all just kind of like, oh, okay. That's completely and wildly out of character for you, but I guess we'll go with it. <laughs> I guess you know best. <laughs> You're the king under the mountain. <laughs> but. And then, of course, no, this is the one. Okay, this is the one where Galadriel, Hugo Weaving, and Christopher Lee all fight the ghosts of whatever. Yeah, that turn into the ring rates. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, meanwhile, on a better show, you know? Yep. Meanwhile, in a better movie. But, and then, of course, there's, what's his name? A uh, unibrow guy who is basically not Grim a Worm Tongue, you know? He's just, he's just lick spittle. And it's like, look, everything in this franchise, everything in this trilogy is just a lesser version of what was in the original three, you know? And it's just so... You know, and it's like, the big battle in this one isn't even a fraction of the battle we got in, like, The Two Towers or Return of the King. It takes just as long, though, for some reason. Jesus. Oh my God, it never ends. It never starts and it never ends. Like it never, it takes so long to start. You want to know why? Because it's 15 fucking pages in the book. This movie adopts 50 pages, 50 roughly. That's, that's completely insane. It is completely insane that it's 50 pages of a book that translates to two out to almost two and a half hours. That's nuts. This this movie should have been the hour and a half finale to the previous five forty five minute episodes. I'm just glad they didn't do like Return of the King because isn't Return of the King the longest of those three? Yeah, and it's not even close, right? Like it's a good like twenty some odd minutes longer. I'm Which just at glad least they have the substance to put in it. Right, exactly. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm glad they didn't try that with this. They at least recognized that they didn't have the the three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour extended cut in them to actually do that. And it's it's so... The, and the funniest part is halfway through this movie, 
is when Gandalf like stops everything and is like, look, I'm explain why the orcs are after the dwarves and don't want them to do this. I was like, oh, well, thank you. Two and a half movies later. It's like Morgan Fre- in South Park, Morgan Freeman showing up to crazy. I'm always so confused until Morgan Freeman shows up and explains what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, we get every time. I explain a movie plot. I gain a freckle. That's right. And then, of course, we get Billy Connolly as a dwarf out of nowhere. And I was like, where was this guy the entire time? He should have been here from minute one, and it would have been better. (laughs) It would have been watchable because Billy Connolly rules. But he's so wasted in this movie. Oh, absolutely. It's so painful. It's just painful. But then, of course, we get the... um, we get a brief period of tremors in Middle Earth because there's like sandworms and shit that fly out of like, and the they don't do out. anything cool. They just dig tunnels for people to use. That's all I did. Yeah, they pop out and then they're like, "All right, bye, movie, bye," and then they crawl away back to uh, they're basically like, perfection. Like, <laughs> they're basically like, "Hey, there's dirt over here. You can eat. Cool. We ate this dirt. We're going to eat other dirt now." All right, all right. see you later. <laughs> and then of course, Deus Ex eagles again the eagles pop up yet again and which that's such a so we didn't talk about it that much but they sidelined gandalf for a lot of these and that's because if he was in the party everything would be solved instantly though i don't know gandalf's a little dumb (laughs) yeah it's 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 absolutely offensive and I'm not, a f- like I said, repeatedly, I'm not a fan of the original three, but I'm offended by how bad these are. Ross <laughs> became a fan of the original three strictly out of comparison to these movies. Exactly. Like I would, I could watch those three again if it meant never having to ever see these or think of these movies ever again. And it, it's, I, I honestly, I get why fans of the hobbit would be so mad about this because they took their little book and they made it unending and awful you know all and right then- ross you gotta either you gotta watch the extended cut of the original trilogy twice or these original cut once can i kill myself no <laughs> <laughs> death is not an option god damn it Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'd have to go with the original three simply because it has actors I like in it. You know, it's it's got people I enjoy. And scene most bean is in there. Yeah, yeah. Scene <laughs> beans in there. Um, we got ourselves some Vigo. <laughs> we got a little a little uh, Eli's in there. Uh, we even got a little a little Johnny Nobes is in there, and uh, we get some good uh, good Gandalf. We get some good Christopher Lee. We uh we get some bra- Brad Dourif. We get a little Brad Dourif in there. It's all there, you know? And then we even get some fucking walking trees, you know? We even get that. But we don't have any of that in this. There is nothing. You get second breakfast there, too. You even get second breakfast now. But there is nothing. And that's the other thing with this. There's nothing, like, world-building-wise. I don't feel like there's any extended world outside of what's happening on the screen. That's like, if they, so obviously they couldn't do this because, you know, Tolkien's dead, but if they did something like 
fire with House of the Dragon, like they're doing with Fire and Blood, where they're taking like a war that was written about and expanding on it significantly. If they did that with this, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, and at least with Fire and Blood, because I just I finished that after watching uh, season one of House of the Dragon two as, as well. At least with that, that entire book is the first part of the history of the Targaryen family, and you get a lot of good world building, character building, like great battles and intrigue, all of that stuff, all the great Game of Thrones stuff is in there, and with this. I just wish a little bit of that was in here. Like, I wish a little bit of new stuff was in here, but all we get is Lake Town. You know, we get a we get Venice basically in Middle Earth, and then they're torched and they become live by the Lake Town. You know, yeah. and there's there's nothing here that makes me like at least with the original three Lord of the Rings movies. At least you want to go back and read the original trilogy to see what how faithful it was, if anything. Like, that's at about base level what you want to do with those movies. Then with this, I have no desire to ever, ever go back and read this book. I would never do it. And it's mostly because these movies are so bad. And I would never want to go back and be like, well, this is what it could have been. It could have been one three-hour movie. Or, as Mike says repeatedly, a 45-minute episode, six-hour miniseries or whatever. But... (laughs) It's like I never, I never want to go back to the source material for this. I never want to touch it. I, I it's want, not worth, I, and then like the ending, they were just like, "Well, they made fun of us for having four endings, so let's just get the fuck out of here." Yeah, but make it like one unnecessarily long ending. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to forty-five small endings, it's one super long ending, and and then of course there's the little the scene with. Bilbo and Gandalf, where Gandalf cleans and gets his pipe ready to smoke for a solid 20 minutes. And then he looks at Bilbo and goes, look, you little asshole. I know you got the ring and I know it's going to be important later in your life. So I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> you know, and that's all he does. Pretty much. It's such I, a dumbass ending. And then, of course, we end on an estate sale. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. They're also awful. We ended on, on an estate sale for our main character who everyone thought was dead. They should have just kept selling his shit. I don't care if he's still alive. It's like, look, you weren't here. We're selling your shit. <laughs> Once we started, we can't finish. We can't, uh, we can't stop. <laughs> so we're going. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it sucks so hard. That, and it, it, it's not even that it sucks on a scale of, this shit isn't for me. I I don't see the appeal. And Anyone it's, it's, who enjoys these movies, why do you hate yourself? Right. It's like, why do you enjoy these particular movies? It's like, I get why you'd enjoy the original trilogy. I, How I is your relationship with your father? If you anybody. These- do you have a family? <laughs> like, well, how is your, your relationship with anybody? But... It's like I get why you could love the original trilogy because even extended versions, it's a it's three dense books put into three even still dense long ass movies. So I get it; it's all there for you if you're a fan. With this, there's nothing here for you. There is nothing here except the base characters and the general story, and it's it's just bad. It's terrible. It's so unnecessary. It's such a cash grab. 
And it really is. It's, it's such a bad, unnecessary cash grab. Speaking of, we will be doing that uh, at the end of the month as well. <laughs> so, Mike, before we get to next week with a much more tolerable, unnecessary trilogy, wherever, where can people already find us? All right. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast, thanks to Spotify Podcasts, not Anchor. <laughs> You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Go like and subscribe to all our shit. Yeah, yeah. And all right, so we got the we got the worst one out of the way, I would say. The the most unnecessary one. The one that was the purest of cash grabs. And, and you know, apparently we aren't even getting to what would be its competitor in uh in the uh fantastic beast movies oh yeah i'm not even i'm not even gonna bother with that i mean i guess i think i've seen 10 minutes of one of those movies and i wanted to cry but yeah, anytime you put eddie redmayne as your main character and just no <laughs> we don't with that that doesn't need to happen he needs to be in art house movies yeah that's one too many skinny pale white guys uh as stars of movies than we needed give me a chalamet if you're gonna give me anything you know but next week Unnecessary trilogies moves on. Now, I I would venture that this is a trilogy, though quite unnecessary as a trilogy, most people don't even know is a trilogy because it's the I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy, and it's I Know What You Did Last Summer, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, and the I'm fairly certain I'm the only one who's seen, and I think there's one other person I know that's actually seen this movie. It's I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, starring, you guessed it, nobody. (laughs) Starring people who I think are only in that movie and nothing else. But until next week when we get to uh, see Jennifer Love Hewitt spin around in a circle screaming, what are you waiting for? And uh, little Freddie Prinz, little, um, what's his name? Little um, married to Reese Witherspoon, Mr. Reese Witherspoon, uh, that guy. um, What am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? What all am that? I waiting for? I think, I think, yeah, I think Jack Black shows up in the second one for a brief minute. Uh, yeah, we might as well just watch, you know, like Scary Movie or Scary Movie Two. I can't. That's remember. what I was quoting there. <laughs> I think it was yeah, first Scary Movie. But anyway, so next week, I know what you did last summer trilogy. Until that time, I've been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McQuiggan. We'll see you guys next time. So long.